There's a reason Bowling Green State University is ranked number one in Ohio for student experience. Our in-demand degrees and life design program prepares students for their first career and their next. With an unparalleled support system at a national research university, BGSU offers an unrivaled experience, all on a vibrant campus in one of America's best college towns. It's also why Bowling Green State University is the number one school in the Midwest that students would choose again for the fourth year in a row. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep down field, and it's Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus so more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Podcast, Victory Tuesday. I'm your host, Kevin Masseri, back in action here with Mike Bunt to talk about the victorious effort, what a monumental effort the Bills had yesterday against the Tennessee Titans uh, at home in front of a very raucous crowd. Mike, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Life is always better after a Buffalo Bills victory. And when they kill a team like the Tennessee Titans, how can you not be in a great mood? So feeling very awesome right now, Kev. Yeah, I mean, it was very uh, very interesting. It was very quiet in Tennessee land. The fans are they're at bay. They're, they're hiding. They're very vocal when the team's winning. Uh, one of the more challenging fan bases to work with, uh, I will say that. But we really loved our guest last week. Mike was able to talk uh, to Locked on Titans with great guests uh, to get that show going. I'm looking forward to our future slate of, of guests coming on for our, from some more crossover editions as the crowd and, and the uh, chat room was roaring for that one. So looking forward to having on some of my other future guests, but wanting to kind of break down this Titans game really quickly, Mike going to get into a, the Dolphins game, more importantly, it's what's next on the schedule. So it's the most important game here um, as the coaching and the players will tell you. So just wanted to, you know, kind of enjoy for 24 hours here, this victory, but, you know, real briefly turn it over to the Dolphins game. So, Let's start there. You were at you were there. Talk, talk to us about the crowd, the atmosphere, what was going on uh, in Orchard Park yesterday, Mike. Yeah, it was electric at the stadium yesterday from start to finish, from uh, the tailgates before the game uh, to uh, kickoff. Uh, it, it, I haven't seen a crowd like that since before, uh, before the pandemic. Last year, a lot of bad weather games. Uh, never really felt packed in to the extent that we had um, – last night and obviously the weather was perfect 
uh, for an evening of football, uh, home opener, everything put together, created a, a great atmosphere. It was loud. It was energetic. And, and, and the Bills put on a show, which just kept it going uh, throughout the night until uh, essentially the game was over late in the third quarter. So uh, it was quite the, the evening at, uh, at Highmark Stadium. So you said it was just so back basically since 2019, really. Like how how does it compare to any other game you've been to in the history of your seasons or just going to games in general? Yeah, so for me, the last time I've, I've really seen night games that had that type of intensity from the crowd were, were games uh, a while back. I, I remember the Dallas Monday night football game, but that was a bad Bills team that was kind of came out and was shocking the Cowboys early. And then you always have games here and there uh, throughout the years where the crowd's into it. But uh, I, I'd say since 2019, and that's when I, I came back to Buffalo and was a season ticket holder, um, again, I really haven't seen a crowd like that where uh, the energy was there the whole way. And it, it helps that the team backs it up and it puts forward these dominating uh, performances as well. I, I think a lot of times in the past you might have that energy pregame, but then – uh, it dissipates after a disappointing first half or um, uh, a thud here or there. Um, but la last night, it, it just from start to finish, just consistent. Um, a little bit, uh, obviously, there was a little bit of disappointment after Tennessee scored a touchdown on their first drive. And, and then the Bills uh, had the, the stop on the fourth and one. Uh, but other than that, just an, an amazing atmosphere in the Bills. Uh, definitely put on a show. They sure did, Mike. And the Bills had actually four players above a 90 grade uh, based on PFF. We have Matt Milano scoring 94.5, one of the best players of the week in general based on PFF. Uh, Von Miller, 91.5, affecting the game. 91 for Stefan Diggs and Gregory Rousseau, 90.5. So the Bills definitely had a lot of big game performances yesterday across the, the field on both sides of the ball. And just quite frankly, dominate. Like, you know, we were saying one third of the game, the Titans did have a game plan to kind of keep them in it, kind of frustrate the Bills on one of those drives there. Got a little bit cute on third and fourth downs. Um, you know, then you had a right after that, you had the false start slash offsides field goal play. So Tennessee was sticking in there 10 to seven, probably best case scenario for them through the first third of the game really was they played pretty solid all the way around and then it just the wheels fell off Mike did the, the bills just kind of did what they were supposed to do and the team just just gets better as the game goes on that's what's really interesting to me under Josh Allen specifically and Leslie Frazier's defense as well the team just gets better as the days go on as the night goes on it, it, they just put it all together they called they call a little bit more of their of their plays that they want to go to they don't keep it as vanilla like they do early on um and they just start to go to some plays that they may have been saving. And they kind of pull, started to pull those out late into the second quarter, into the third quarter. And the Bills just showed that they're dominant. Like you can't, they, they, you know, the Titans had some rookie cornerbacks out there. They had, you know, a couple guys we were looking at last year in the draft on uh, McCreary. They also, you know, Avery was a rookie. So they, it just, the, the Bills never felt like they could challenge them. As you saw, you know, when they did shade coverage over to Stefan Diggs, you had Jay Coomer wide open. So that the Titans just couldn't figure out what they wanted to do coverage-wise. The defense just nearly isn't as good as it was uh, with some of those names that they had last year, including Daquan Jones. Like it just wasn't as it just wasn't as solid. It just was hit and miss. It didn't look great to me. They were okay against the run. 
uh, for the most part, but just didn't have any answers for the for the, the Bills passing attack. Josh Allen's making plays all across the field. As we heard from um, Lockdown Titans, they like to mush rush. They like to kind of make sure Josh Allen stays in the pocket. Um, I didn't think they did a very good job of that. Um, I thought that Josh Allen was pretty much able to take and, and, and whatever he wanted. Offensively, the Titans are a mess. If Henry's going to look like that, uh, I know the Bills had a really good game plan, but they're a mess. Their offensive line's a mess. They lost Tyler Lewan. Um, and then on top of it, they're mixing and matching some guards. Obviously, lost Saffold. Uh, we heard them talk about uh, Quesenberry and how he wasn't very good, but he would have probably been an upgrade for them yesterday. Uh, so they just didn't have the offensive line to me that that'll, that'll be serious. It's not a playoff team right now, in my opinion. No team underneath the new format Mike has made the playoff starting 0-2. So we'll see if that changes. But there are some some names down there. You got the Bengals. You got the Titans. You got, you got some others to watch out for at that 0-2 mark. And you got a couple of 0-1-1s as well in, in, in Indy. A couple of names, uh, three teams we thought would be the final seven uh, in the AFC are now looking at a really monumental climb out of the hole to get there to compete with the Bills. And now, obviously, you know, the Ravens had, we're going to talk about the Ravens slash Dolphins here in a minute. But it just to me, there, there, there isn't that other AFC team right now that can compete with K, uh, KC and Buffalo, right? Yeah, it's it's Buffalo, KC, just like it has been the last two years. And that's really what I thought it would be going into the year. I know a lot of people have been hyping the, the LA Chargers, and with good reason. They have a stacked defense. They brought in some quality uh, free agents and Herbert's one of the best young uh, star QBs in the league, but the chargers are still a step behind. I, I, I know they could have beaten KC and that they, they were in control at one point during that game, but Mahomes finds a way to finish. And that KC defense is a lot more balanced than it has been in previous years. I think it comes down to bills in uh, the chiefs. And uh, luckily for Buffalo, I think this is the year that they get that home field advantage in the playoffs. I know uh, that the one seeds hasn't been uh, advantageous in recent mm-hmm. years, but I think it's different in Buffalo's case. Um, just the not going on the road to Arrowhead uh, from a psychological perspective, I think is huge. And also uh, Josh Allen. Yes. We, we know the, the weather in Buffalo gets crazy in January and February and that with the bills being a pass first team that can hinder their, uh, their ability at times. But you know who it, it hinders more? Opposing offenses that aren't used to playing in that type of weather. So even if you had an average to below, slightly below average Josh Allen performance, it's probably going to be a lot better than any opposing quarterback that's going up against the Bills defense uh, in that type of weather when we get to the end of the season. So, yeah, I, I think those are the two teams it's going to come down to. And I think the Bills have an advantage considering they play in the AFC East and Kansas City is going to go up against that gauntlet in the AFC West. Absolutely. And yeah, to Dwight, I mean, I think Josh Allen was right outside the 90 on PFF. I mean, he missed a few throws early, you know, some of the, the, that one drive probably, and then not, and then not finishing the third, basically in the fourth does hurt you when it comes to score. Like you need a certain amount of one to two level plays. They call it like a one and a two. They rate two, they rate it from negative two to two on every single play. And then, you know, based on that, they go ahead and overall score you. So that's, that's, that's mainly where Josh Allen doesn't fit in, but he's still, I think, the high one of their highest rated quarterbacks on pff system um so there's definitely nothing to to be too concerned about but man the fact that that turned into a preseason game mike late in the game it's just remarkable to see like there's really the bills are literally kneeling on the ball and still they basically said i'll punt the fourth quarter away like they just had no interest in needing any more injuries you saw micah hyde go out late there in the third quarter 
you know, you had obviously the Dane Jackson incident, which um, much, uh, much discussed. Glad to see him out of the hospital and moving. It's really great news. Um, and by all accounts should play at some point in the near future. Um, you know, I don't know when that'll be, but it does seem like it won't, it will be something we'll be able to see him uh, at some point here soon uh, based on everything we've been hearing. So, and then you saw that weird footage of, of Haskins moving him on the ground. That didn't sit right with me, Mike. I, I didn't like that too much. I don't think like whatever sport you play, you don't touch a player when they're down. Like the refs are there to, to manage the game. If he's faking it, then, um, you know, there's timeouts needed and there's ways to, 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 to supplement that. I just don't think you guess like, you don't, you don't, I don't think that that's, you know, you're all a brotherhood. You're in the NFLPA for a reason. Like, I just don't think you mess around there and like, uh, there was no inclination that the Bills would be faking it. Like, I just I just thought that that was wrong. You can really hurt somebody by moving them on the ground. Like, that's the number one thing they do is stabilize your head um, to make sure that there's no future uh, injury there. So I didn't like to see that. I thought that was cheap. I thought that he cared more about getting up to the line of scrimmage than he did a, a player that was needing an ambulance. So, um, and then I, I, on the same note, you saw Bobby Hart take a swing at uh, Simmons in the tunnel. Um, just suspended for a game here against the Dolphins, which is an interesting, no one caught that until about a half an hour ago. So that was pretty interesting to see Bobby Hart taking a swing at uh, one of the best players on the Titans. Clearly there was some bad blood there is suspended for the Dolphins game. That's okay. Cause they have Tommy Doyle. Uh, that'll, that'll slide right in. There's the seventh, eighth lineman on the active roster, but it was a really interesting note to come out of, of all of this. And then obviously we're waiting on the defensive tackle news, Mike, we're waiting on at Oliver. We're waiting on settle. We're waiting on to see what's going on with Jordan Phillips. We saw the footage of him. He's been one of the best Bills players on the team. And we saw the footage of him just kind of die, like kind of just like fall over during the return touchdown by Milano. So a lot to digest there coming out of a really nice win. But um, the offense, I would envision being full go. I don't really envision anything going on there. I think Gabe Davis said he would be able to play, but the team held him out uh, cautiously, which was the right move after all that. Um so they should be okay on the offense, but the defense is missing maybe, including Trey White, probably missing, depending, half of their starters. Yeah, that that's the only real major concern at this point in the season is how many more players can you afford to lose and continue playing at the level that uh, they currently are. Offensively, it doesn't appear like it, – it doesn't appear that anything can slow them down at this point. Um, they're just clicking on all cylinders, and – and when you see Stefan Diggs have the games that he's had the first two um, nights of the season, it, it makes you realize he could do so much more than what the Bills even require him to do in a season-by-season basis. Sure, he gets 100-plus catches, but last night shows that the Bills wanted him to be uh, a Cooper Cup or uh, Michael Thomas when he was putting up uh, amazing numbers. Stephon Diggs could be a 140 reception guy uh, on this Bills offense. They just have no reason to to force it to him on a nightly basis because they have so many other weapons uh, on this offense with Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, um, Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder. But on a night like last night where you have Kumro as your number two wide receiver and you don't think that Tennessee has the guys that can slow down Stephon Diggs, why not just go all out and just let him obliterate an opposing defense? Uh, it, it's fairly obvious the Bills knew they had a matchup advantage early in in this contest, and they just continued to attack, attack, attack. And any worries of what the offense would look like without Gabe Davis turned out to be really uh, an over overthinking going into it. And not that the Bills wouldn't 
wouldn't much rather have uh, Gabe Davis in the game. But the the Bills just are are a machine, and as long as Josh Allen continues to get uh, pass protection like that, it, they're going to be almost unstoppable. That's the only thing that would would ever concern me is if the O line ever started breaking down to injuries and stuff like that. Um, and Allen started getting pressured, what would happen in that situation? But uh, assuming they get protection, it doesn't matter who the two, three, four wide receivers are. Josh is going to make plays, and uh, it, it's it's just going to keep happening all season long. Right, and so we just wait to see what this injury report's going to look like here tomorrow. On a Wednesday, it's a short week. You'll get the full report tomorrow. I'd envision that Ed Oliver was close. I think Davis was ready to go. I I, I mean, I, we don't really know why it's – Hides had been banged up in the past, but usually goes, but you know, only misses a game occasionally. So we're going to have to see what all this amounts to. Dane Jackson certainly didn't look good to go. That's the uh, scary. That's the scary one. The Dane Jackson is like a hide. Yeah, I, I don't want see the the problem with injuries too is you don't want to assume things. So obviously, it looks horrific on the field when an ambulance gets uh, sent out and you go to the hospital and uh, you have a neck injury like that. But you don't want to assume that he's going to miss a significant amount of time. Yes. It, at the, at, at the period of the injury, um, it didn't look good, but after you hear the the reports of him being able to walk out on his own power from the hospital in Rappaport saying that it looks like um, he's avoided a significant injury. What does that mean for the near future? Is he out this week and able to come back in a week? Is there an outside crazy possibility that he could play this week? Um, I think most people will, are going to assume that's not the case, but uh, I, I'm really interested to see what's going on with, with Dane Jackson. And then obviously the, the other injuries late, were those just uh, a result of the scoreboard being lopsided, taking precaution. Obviously Jordan Phillips went down hamstring uh, on the Milano interception. Milano got the stinger um, and then Micah Hyde with an injury. I'm going to be most concerned about the secondary when you go into a game against the Miami Dolphins who by all accounts haven't been able to run the ball effectively in their first two games of the season. But when you're going up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, there is some concern with uh, Christian Benford and Kyrie Elam being your one-two um, in a game like that. Because I, I know everyone's been saying, well, Baltimore was horrible in that second half. Breakdown here, breakdown there. Tua didn't even need to throw a, a nice ball to get these touchdowns. And yeah, that, that, that might have been a big part of their comeback. And, yes, uh, maybe a lot of quarterbacks would have taken advantage of the Ravens' defense in that scenario. But when you have two rookie corners starting against two of the best wide receivers in football, you're going to have breakdowns as well. So, yes, the young guys have been terrific through two games. Let's not assume that when they're going up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell that they're going to look as great as they have Uh, the first two weeks of the season. The one saving grace for the Bills in that scenario, if they have to trot the two rookies out there, is this pass rush has been incredible through two weeks. And if you get to Tua, he's going to look pedestrian regardless of who his his weapons are. So that's the one thing. um, Obviously, the injuries is the one thing I'm paying attention to right now. Yeah, and and David uh, David Chow, the pro football doctor, said, you know, we hear Dane Jackson walked out of the hospital. We can address the next question. He may have a spinous process fracture, but still could play for the Bills this season. See, uh, so, I mean, that doesn't sound promising for the short term, at least in that regards. 
based on what he's known from being a team doctor in the past. And he says why Bill's corner Dane Jackson was extremely fortunate. Injury wasn't far worse. I, I mean, obviously that's, you know, goes without saying um, always could be worse, I guess. Um, if they doubt they, they have to, I mean, you could have Cam Lewis uh, step in for, for the short term, but your depth is very, uh, is very lacking if in that situation where, you potentially have to have Christian Benford as your number one corner, Kyrie Elam too, and then you go to Cam Lewis. Luckily, Waddle plays in the slot, so he'll go go against um, Darren, yeah. So Darren Johnson, so, so that alleviates it. And the Dolphins don't have a third receiver, um, so there's definitely some play there. But it's going to be on the other side. But that's where you have, if Hyde's healthy, that's where you know whoever the other receiver is going to be is going to have. You're going to have Kyrie Elam and Hyde over over top. Um, Tyree Kell the entire game. And, so. I, and I do want to address this comment from Jason. I do have faith. I, I This Bill's defense is legitimate, believe me. And I, I, I love the play of these young corners to start the season. But football is football and mistakes happen. Uh, I, I trust the Bill's coaching staff. I trust that they put the players, their players in the best position to succeed. But you're, you're talking about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. It's though that is probably the best receiving duo in the NFL at this moment. It's Waddle is a hundred plus reception player as a rookie, six overall, top 10 overall pick from Alabama, played with Tua at Bama. And then you just go out and acquire Tyreek Hill, who is just a demon. And yes, I, I, I see your comment here about. Baltimore had a 35-14 lead for a reason. Of course they did. Baltimore is a good team. And I'm not saying Miami is going to abuse the Bills' defense. I am just bringing up the point that when you make a mistake against certain teams, you can get away with it. You make a mistake against Tyreek Hill, he burns you for 60 in a second. Same thing with Jalen Waddle. Miami, the only thing that's keeping Miami back from being a better team this year is the person that they have playing quarterback. If Miami had Deshaun Watson, had they had gone out and traded for him and Deshaun Watson was Miami's starting quarterback, you'd be talking about a 12 to 13, a 12 win team right now with the Dolphins, even with that defense being up and down. That's how good their skill players are. And I don't take it for granted that young players that are new to the NFL are going to look great against two of the best wideouts in football. So, yes, I, I you can have faith in your young players while also expecting there to be mistakes along the, along the way. And even if there were a few mistakes along the way, that doesn't mean that Christian Benford or Kyrie Elam are playing poorly or not progressing um, or developing properly. It's just that's what tends to happen when you go up against the best players in football. Uh, things happen. And in a lot of statistical categories, the Bills are the def best defense in football. I do anticipate majority of their players playing next week. Uh, I think Sean McDermott said today, and I quote, um, uh, that Hyde and um, Hyde and Phillips are day-to-day, -day, and Dane Jackson is in good spirits. So, uh, so what that's, does that that's, mean? Yeah, we don't know what in good spirits means. That could be anything from playing this week to out for the season. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what good spirits means. 
Um, Gabe Davis at Oliver, Tim Settle, all are improving. Matt Milano, Jordan Phillips, Michael Hyde are day-to-day. No trajectory for game status at this point in the week here on Tuesday. We should have some trajectory tomorrow. Um, uh, there was also reported that Micah Hyde did go to the hospital last night to be evaluated as well. So I mean, that's I where think- it gets scary. If he's out and right. you're without Dane Jackson, then you're going with a backup safety, two rookies at corners. That's where you need the pass rush to step up. Um, and luckily for the Bills, you got Von Miller and Greg Rousseau and uh, a great defensive line, interior line that's good against the run and uh, getting pressure on the quarterback. So, yes, the Bills will probably be fine, even if those guys are out. But as these injuries add up, it gets a little bit more nerve-wracking. Yes, they, they made Tennessee look horrendous last night, but you're looking at a Tennessee team that looked horrendous against the New York Giants. That that Tennessee Titans team, while they were good last year, is, is a shell of their former self. They cannot run the ball right now, and as Tyler Rowland on our show last week said, Derrick Henry is not finding the holes. He's, he's running upright. Uh, he's not – He's just not the Derrick Henry we're accustomed to seeing. Their offensive line is not blocking at a, at a good rate. Ryan Tannehill is playing mediocre football, and they traded A.J. Brown away. That Titans offense is not a good offense at this time. So, yes, give all the credit to the Bills because they shut them down. In Shut them down, they did. like they, they, they played a great game. But let's not act like Tennessee is a juggernaut offense. That's a bottom 10 offense right now in football. Uh, until things change on paper. Right. And, you know, so we'll see day to day still encouraging with Jordan Phillips and Micah Hyde. Um, You know, Sean McDermott has used the terminology week to week in the past. So just seeing that is good. Like I do believe the bills will see a majority of them. I do think you'll see Dane Jackson for good spirits sit out regardless this week. Uh, but I do believe that majority of their players, including probably ones that were like Tim Saddle had a full practice. The Bills yeah. were very cautious last week. Ed Oliver was said that he could probably go. Gabe Davis definitely was disappointed. He said he was uh, able to go. So I don't believe that any of those that sat out are going to be out. So even if they do lose Phillips, they will backfill it with Saddle and Oliver. Um, and, you know, obviously then you still have Jones and you still have probably calling up Brandon Bryant. I think they'll be okay. Uh, at the at the defensive line position is very solid, very strong linebackers. I, I don't think see Milano missing, so you'll be fine at the linebacker position. Um, you know, really could come down to just basically missing Dane Jackson, which I do think that they could they can get over the downgrade from from Jackson to Elam is probably a little bit, but not a, not very big in my opinion. Um, I just don't anticipate a world where Dane Jackson, football wise, would have done anything significantly better than Elam would have to stop. Well, um, I think. Not, I wouldn't say significantly better. The it's more that Jackson, you don't fear the mistake being made. Elam in college would get, he would bite on some some double moves, and he he would get he would get beat from time to time on on some moves. I I, I don't think you're. I, I think in the, that scenario, you're you're not assuming that would happen to Dane Jackson, but something like that might be able to happen against a Kyrie Elam. Granted. If you're talking one play a game, is that really going to make a difference when the Bills are putting up 30-plus points? Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster in a comment, in a post, 
in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Probably not. If you can control and keep them in check, you're probably okay. It's If you get burnt continuously... That's where it becomes an issue. And with this defense being number one for back-to-back years so far, I don't anticipate that happening. As we see here, the Bills can score with anybody. So even if we do have a game where these these D's getting burnt, um, I do believe that Josh Allen is uh, the, the ultimate equalizer. And, and quite frankly, I'm not sure that they could keep up with the Diggs Allen connection. Davis is back. The offensive line's been playing awesome, you know, for large stretches. I, I just Josh Allen's yeah, at all the time. You're not world. worried. You're, you're I, not worried. I, I could be less worried than I'm not even uh, an ounce worried. I think that Josh Allen owns Miami. He absolutely <laughs> has. Just I'm not. I'm not worried either. I just. I just, just want to record respect. numbers against them. I, I'm not worried either. I just want to respect something that they actually bring to the table that's legitimate. Like it, passing okay attack, say, sure. Yeah, it's okay to say positive things about your opponent and bring up a matchup where they have an advantage. That's one matchup that Miami has uh, the advantage over the Bills is their wide receivers against our corners. Everything else, for the most part, is advantage Bills. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still expecting the Bills to come out and play a great game and, and get a decisive victory. But Miami's wideouts are, are legit. So I, I'm, I'm going to always talk them up. Tyree Kill single-handedly is giving the Bills fits in, in recent years. So I, I'm not going to – Pretend like that's not going to be the case going forward. Still, even though they have Tua at their as their quarterback, that's a great that's the great difference for me is the quarterback room. I know that he did what he did last week. I just he's been knocked out of both games that he played against the Bills uh, in, in in recent memory. I just think with this pass rush, the, the Dolphins don't run the ball particularly well. They couldn't get the run game going. Their defense is definitely worse than um, than last year, in my opinion. The pass offense is significantly better. They do a few things different. Um, they have a, you know, a lot, a, a big talent influx at the, uh, offensive side of the ball, but I think the defense is worse. That's where they got to where they were under Flores with some of those great defensive performances, turnover, sound defensive football. Didn't see that against the Ravens, uh, and the bill, they're going to be playing an even tougher competition. The gap integrity was terrible by in Miami. I mean, Josh Allen has the makings to have a day. Now what the bills defense is able to do. We'll see. I still think it's one of the best in the league, even missing Dane Jackson, and maybe others. So we're going to have to, and don't forget how good they were yesterday without two of their four tackle defensive tackles. Um, so you're, you're playing a dude from coastal Carolina, a guy we covered at UB on uh, CJ Brewer. Like, I mean, that's still how good the defense was yesterday uh, over, um, you know, even missing a couple of their defensive tackles. So even if they have to miss one defensive tackle and Dane or some form of formulation of that, the, for, the, the, they've been in the system forever. The system's good. Uh, Elam and Benford getting some meaningful snaps in back-to-back games. Like I just don't see an issue right now. Tyreek Hill is going to get his. He got his last year um, at times. So I just don't. This defense prevents big plays. You're, and, you're right, but I think that's also a little bit overconfidence. Just of just being real. Just like it, this defense does keep 
opposing teams in check. Like I'm not denying it. Number one defense last year in points per uh, points allowed per game, yards allowed per, per game, and third down conversion rate. But we also saw what Kansas City was capable of doing them in the playoffs. We've seen what the Colts did to them last year in the regular season. Good offense still beats good defense. The Bills' defense is as good as it gets in the NFL. They're gonna they're gonna keep Miami in check, but. If you have the number one defense and you're playing a top five offense, you'd still say it's a good day if your defense held uh, a top five offense under 24 points. Like if a, if a number one defense played this Bills offense, if the if the Bills offense was going up against the Bills defense, how many points would you expect the Bills offense to score? I'd still say 30 because good offense beats good defense. And I do think the Miami Dolphins have a good offense. So, yes, the, the Bills – are most likely going to keep them from scoring 35 points, 38 points. But I don't think it's crazy to think Miami could score 24 points against the Bills defense, 21 points. Uh, I don't think that would be good enough to win in any scenario. But uh, this isn't – yes, like watch the Bills go out and win like 41 to 10. But it's not that Miami can't score against the Bills defense. Miami can score against this this team. Uh, it's the Bills offense has had two good Bills defense has, has had two good games, but Miami is capable of scoring against the Bills defense. Sure. I mean, I mean, the Jaguars are capable of scoring against the Bills defense, but like when it comes down to it, Leslie Frazier uses his players as well as anybody that I've ever seen. Their skill sets are unmatched. They noticed something in Benford due to the coverages he ran in Villanova about his his level of attention to detail that was exceedingly higher than the level of football that he played at and got a value in him of day one starter in the sixth round is is amazing that just goes to show you what you're able on this on a Super Bowl level team uh just goes to show you what they're able to do looking for certain skill types and certain positions and Benford has played outside of like a bad player too Benford's been as good as I mean the guy could tag he's a he's a premier tackler um, that's definitely something they upgraded over Levi Wallace. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. He is a premier tackler. He got down Derrick Henry on his own on a sweep. That was amazing. Um, um, one of the best corner tackles I've seen on one of the best running backs in the league, regardless of where he is at today in Henry. He's still uh, a beast. Um, and then if you kind of look at it from a perspective and a holistic standpoint, Josh Allen, do- like, I don't care. Josh Allen dominates the Dolphins. He dominates them. I mean, this defense is worse. Xavier Howard isn't himself. Josh Allen's 21 touchdowns, seven and one, and lost on a Charles Clay drop as a rookie yeah. year um, to be eight and oh. I mean, he's just been that good. 2,000 yards against the Dolphins alone. Um, he rushes 430 yards. I just don't see um, this being an issue. I just can't see it. I just can't. I, 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 I can't I either, Kev, but. The line is, I know it's crazy talking about lines. Bills are going to be favoring every game this season, most likely. But the line is much closer than the Tennessee game. Granted, it's a road game versus a home game. But five and a half for the Bills. It's further than the Rams game, though. But the Rams were the defending Super Bowl champs. Miami Dolphins are a team that started last year one and seven. So the Miami, here's, here's how I'll put it. Because a lot of people here are going to think I'm pumping up the Dolphins, giving them way too much respect due to their their last game against the Ravens, and what they don't, what a lot of people don't. Last quarter, I, I've, I've respected the Dolphins since they got Tyreek Hill. So like, 
I don't think there's any universe where the Dolphins can shut down Josh Allen and keep up with the Bills. I think the Bills are going to win this game by 10-plus points. So don't think I'm hating on the Bills and saying that the Dolphins are suddenly Super Bowl contenders that are going to win the AFC East. I'm not saying that. But when they acquired Tyreek Hill, my initial reaction was this Dolphins offense is going to be a top 10 offense. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You could get the ghost of J.P. Lossman or Trent Edwards. Any quarterback with those two weapons is going to put up numbers, and it might not be against the Buffalo Bills. But they're going to put up numbers against enough other opponents this year to where, you know what, two might suck. And he'll still throw for close to 37, 3,800 yards and 25 to 30 touchdowns this year. He already has, what, seven, eight touchdowns on the season? If he, if he gets one touchdown a game the rest of the year, that's 24, 23, 24 touchdowns. Tua is going to throw for 30 touchdowns this year. He's going to get well over 3,500 yards. So at the end of the year, we can make fun of his arm. We can say he's not mobile in the pocket. We can call out every funny play like we did with Josh Allen, uh, like all the naysayers did with Josh Allen for years. But Tua is going to put up numbers, and even if it's not – due to his own ability, and it's his playmakers doing things for him, eventually you're going to have to give him a little bit of credit. I said before the year I thought the Dolphins were going to contend for a playoff spot, and right now they just opened their season with we know that New England isn't good, but they they own New England in that game. They controlled that game. And New England's defense just had another good game against Pittsburgh. New England, they might not be good, but they, they'll still find a way to win six, seven, eight games. Miami owned New England, and then Miami stayed in that game and found a way to beat Baltimore, a Ravens team I had winning the AFC North in the preseason. So even if we want to say one good quarter, that is – it counts. That's all that matters. And what Bills fans are starting to do with the Miami Dolphins is what we used to get mad at for everybody doing to Josh Allen for so many years. We got to stop. Just acknowledge that – Tua is a middle-of-the-pack quarterback with amazing talent around him. And that's going to result in a team that's probably going to go 10-7 and seven this year and squeak in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're a threat. I'm just saying you don't diss a team that's going to have a winning record. Miami Dolphins have won 19 games the last two years. They have an above 500 record. We're not talking about the team that used to win four or five games a season. Well, like Y says here, it would have been 11 and a half in Buffalo. So it would have been more than the Titans line um, was going into the game. So that shows you what Vegas thinks. Uh, to me, it's a matter of, am I disrespecting? No. The Bills have lost to the Steelers last year. They lost to the Jaguars. Um, they've lost to, uh, to me, they, they've lost. The indie game was terrible. Like I don't, the Patriots, they, they'll, they will gladly lose last year. This year, I just think they're buzzing on all cylinders. I'm going to read you a couple of statistics that do not bode well for the Miami defense at regardless, regardless of what they're able to do offensively. You got Nick Needham, one of the worst corners in the league, 102nd out of 103rd will be covering Stefan Diggs. Um, it's not looking good. Xavier Howard's been bad this year. 91 out of 103 will also generally play boundaries. I don't know if they'll switch them up and he'll be on Davis and Diggs, but those are who you're looking at as your boundaries. They have a UDFA in the slot uh, by the name of Kadir Kahu. Uh, is their slot corner, uh, UDFA from Texas, uh, A&M. Uh, so um, 
their safety play has been average. Um, their linebacking playing Jerome Baker, Alandon Roberts are at the bottom of the league. Um, their defensive interior and Emmanuel Ogba and Christian Wilkins hasn't played up to par yet. Uh, the defense is worse. It's bad. It was the reason that they were winning under Flores is they yeah. well coached and they played really well defensively. It's kind of the opposite now um, where um, they're not playing well defensively and they went out, made a couple splash moves. And, uh, you know, like you said, you know, they have an average quarterback play and I'm fine. I'm fine calling to an average. He's ninth on PFF right now. Um, you know, they've had a little bit of a decent uh, presence on the, on the offensive line with Taron Armstead and on Connor Williams. Um, but they've been struggling on the other side of the ball with Greg Litter and Liam Eichenberg have been bad. So they're going to have a challenge against the Bills pass rush. Um, there's been no receiver help outside of Waddle and, and Hill. If either of them go down and or need breathers and or small stretches of not playing, uh, their backups, Trent Sherfield and Cedric Wilson, aren't very good. Um, so they, they just, to me, they can't run the ball underneath uh, a running coach uh, like they did in San Fran. So right now, I'm not scared of them. I think that they don't play like to play Gasecki at all, which is weird. They play a lot of different tight ends in there. Uh, at times, I think Asaki should be their full-time tight end, but they like to play uh, Hunter hey, Long. That, that's nice calling him a tight end, considering he does nothing but catch passes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and and you'll see it. Like they don't play; he loses playing time because of that reason. Like they like to go with their other guys all the time. Like you see, um, according to their snap counts, like you have Darren Smythe having more snaps in him. So yeah. that's that's just. I mean, for him, it, it would probably be be better just to be labeled a wide receiver, make some more money, and do it that way but but six, you're right six, 250 yeah i mean but miami will have no answers for the bills offense the bills are gonna have a or they're gonna go off uh, on sunday i have no doubt about it and if, if people thought i was just positive about the miami offense wait till you you hear what i think about the bills offense i, ju- I just don't think there's any answers for miami against this bills uh bills offense with josh Allen. he's clicking and processing at such a high rate right now that I, I think the least amount of points the Bills can get in the game against Miami is in the mid-30s. Um, Diggs is cooking. If you get Gabe Davis back uh, and then factor in um, how the offensive line is playing, I, I, I don't think Miami has any chance of praying to stop the Bills. So I, I saw one of the comments saying an offensive battle. I, I think that's what uh, we're in for. But uh, the Bills will obviously get much more stops than what the Dolphins will on Sunday just because the overall quality of their defense. Yeah. I'm running coach that hasn't been able to find really much, a lot of success has gone back and forth with Mostert 16 carries for 67 yards is all he's even able to get out of Raheem Mostert at this point. He's kind of gone back and forth with him and chase Edmonds. They really haven't found a great flow. Edmonds had one big run there at the end of the game last week. Um, but outside of that has not been very good at all. 58 yards total uh, 28 on one carry alone. So uh, just they don't get the running game going for a coach that was hired to be a, a really good running coach. Um, and it really is, Mike, it's it's hard to minimize, but it's been one quarter that they were good. By all accounts, you read the we'll have Mark Schofield on here and up from Pat's pulpit from the Patriots side. And they say that they dominated that game. Uh, so it's it's really definitely uh, kind of the eye of the beholder there. And by all accounts, that there's been many places where Mac Jones lost him that game. Um, against Miami early on. So there's definitely some conflicting on how well that they've played to this date. They had a really good quarter. I'm going to give them that. I'm going to give them the fourth quarter. It was one of the better quarters I've ever seen. I watched the majority of that, uh, and they played really solid offensive football. It had everything go their way. Props to them. That's football. Um, but right now, to me, they have two players, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, 
and the Bills' goal and mission is to stop those two, and that's it. That is their goal. They have two players, both receivers. They're not a defensive end and a defensive tackle. They're just two receivers, and the Bills need to do whatever they can in a scheme-friendly defense to stop their two big weapons, and those are their two weapons because they don't have anything else as I just went through their entire roster, and those two have been good enough to get them to 2-0 and for sure. Um, but outside of that, I just don't see, and I love the Waddle and Taron Johnson matchups and some wins are going to go to Taron Johnson in that one, um, going forward. So I mean, there, there's a lot to digest there, but I just think ultimately guess who is a little bit better than maybe some people give him credit for. Um, but still a middle it's road quarterback and you know, who does really good against middle of the road quarterbacks, Sean McDermott, he's never struggled in games against middle of the road quarterbacks. The only time. He struggles, and as most coaches do, is against top six quarterbacks in the league. Most do, but specifically this scheme does struggle in situations against the Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady's, et cetera, uh, in the league. But Tua to Attack of Viola is not there yet uh, in, in the top echelon of, and we'll see what he's able to mix up coverage-wise against a team he's always struggled against. Yeah, we'll, we'll see that all on Sunday. And uh, I actually saw a good thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick breaking down uh, to uh, I forget the outlet, but they were asking Fitz um, what traits Tua has that stand out above average compared to um, your typical NFL starting quarterback. And and Fitz said Tua doesn't have the arm. He doesn't have the mobility or the, uh, the ability to make plays outside of the pocket. The two things that Fitz gives him credit for is he said that uh, Tua is extremely accurate and that he's he needs to process the game and see things before they're happening. I don't have the confidence that Tua for a full 60 minutes will be able to break down uh, the, the Bills' defense and make enough plays uh, over the course of four quarters to, to win a game. I do think Miami is going to hit on some on on some decent decent passes. Like I, I don't expect the Bills to hold Miami under 200 yards. I, I think Miami is going to have a game where they're going to get their three, I, I would say 300 plus yards, but in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to matter if the Bills offense is going off and scoring 35 points. I don't think Miami can go score for score with the Buffalo Bills when they're rolling, but I would have told you the same thing before Baltimore played them. And I would have been wrong with that. Lamar Jackson had a hell of a game on, on Sunday against Miami and somehow the Dolphins were still able to pull out that victory. Uh, Lamar had a 75-yard touchdown pass to, to Bateman, had a 79-yard touchdown run. Obviously, comeback mode, you you can let your foot off the pedal, but uh, it's going to be interesting because I, I expect the Bills to to jump out to a, to a nice lead against the Dolphins, and will we see uh, Tua put up more garbage time numbers and, and lead uh, a slight comeback or if the bills are up 20, are they going to continue pounding and continue adding to that score? So a uh, lot of uh, interesting things to see this weekend. A lot of unknowns. And as we have the air raid hour here today at eight o'clock to nine o'clock on, and then nine o'clock is the film room. So we have a lot of stuff going on in the cover one podcast network. Uh, so stay tuned with us here where we'll be here live with you for another five minutes or so. Kind of, we'll give your score predictions here for Miami. Looking forward to Steelers guests that we'll have Ravens guests that we'll have as well here in the coming weeks. Jenna Harner will be on with me. I'll get on locked on Ravens. Who's great as well. So we'll definitely have some good guests in back-to-back weeks here, but here coming to my first week back 
did want to uh, kind of be me and Mike here breaking down the Titans as well as just due to the scheduling as well as the Dolphins game. And I have to say, good morning football taking my stats, Mike. Good morning football's taking my stats. Um, nothing like tweeting out a stat that goes viral and then good morning football talking about it on the morning show like they came up with it. So um, that was certainly very fun uh, to see. To uh, I got a couple texts this morning like, yo, I was watching good morning football and they took your stat. Um, so that was uh, that was fun to see. And the stat was the Bills are 2-0. They beat the AFC number one seed in the Super Bowl champions back-to-back, 72-17. to uh, It's quite the statistic, in my opinion. So maybe that's why it made it all the way up to the uh, Good Morning Football crew. Um, but while I got everybody, and I'm sure we'll see everybody soon, but make sure you subscribe to One Pass. You get everything you want from it. You get a cool shirt, breakdown community Slack channel, meet with Eric Turner inside the film room to kind of go through some of these plays that we talk about here at Nauseam back-to-back uh, -back weeks here. So make sure you give out there and you get one pass a shot. Mike, it's game prediction time. We're five minutes here left in the show. I uh, want you to kind of tell me what you're the, you, you've, you've given us your thoughts. You certainly have. Um, so I want you to give us on the road predictions in Miami, Florida should be in the eighties. Um, let me hear what you got for this game and, and sum it up for us. Well, based on the comments, uh, I think most of the people watching our show think I'm going to pick uh, the Dolphins uh, to pull something off or score 50 against the Bills, but that's not uh, what I see happening on Sunday. Didn't you pick them in our pre-show, in our in our uh, schedule show? I swear you did. Maybe you <laughs> no, picked, no, you picked I, Cleveland. I did, not, I did not pick the Dolphins in any of those. You picked Cleveland. I, I, that well, that was before I knew Deshaun was out. <laughs> all right, you all right. Pick a couple random games in there. I still said 13 and four. Uh, at okay. The time, which now actually seems kind of pessimistic in hindsight, but. I think the Bills are going to to win this one comfortably when it's all said and done. Uh, I have Buffalo winning 35-24. I don't think there's any answers to this Bills offense with Josh Allen right now. Uh, he, For the longest time, he was the great athlete that wasn't processing or would get antsy. And now you have a poised uh, franchise QB who's patient in the pocket but has the ability to improvise when needed. He's processing everything pre-snap so he can adjust to whatever uh, he needs to adjust. Uh, he already has opposing defenses beat before he snaps the ball. And then you add in the weapons, Stephon Diggs, expect Gabe Davis back. You're going to destroy teams. And then if you don't want to go to them, you can always go Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder, and then feature Dawson Knox in the running back. So I really don't think there's any answer to to stopping this Bills offense right now. Something clicked at the end of last year. And since that point, the Bills have been one of the most dominant offenses in football. And if you go back uh, to the beginning of last year, their domination in victories is unprecedented in the history of the NFL. I think there was only one other team that has won as many games by double digits over a course of a year and a half period. So um, I have the Bills pulling out an 11-point win because I do respect Miami enough that I think they will find um, the end zone a few times. And if the Bills do jump out to a, a double-digit lead, you're going to see Miami passing the ball a lot, and that might lead to some garbage time scores. So 35-24, but I think in the end of the day, the Bills are going to win this comfortably, and I think their pass rush is going to cause a lot of issues for Tua. Yeah, I got a little bit higher scoring for the Bills. I got 38-21. It's a number that I uh, jotted down here after the game yesterday. That's what I'm feeling. I think they cover it no problem. I think that the, just like the Titans game, there'll be a third stretch, a third of football uh, stretch that the Dolphins will look competent and like they're on par with the Bills, but then the other two-thirds will not 
uh, look as well. I just think that they're going to look like they did against the Patriots. That's kind of the Dolphins I'm expecting. The Bills will run the same type of defense. Bill Belichick, very good. at the Same as McDermott, confusing, younger, slash mediocre, slash whatever you want to call uh, Tua um, and, and taking away his best weapons. Once again, the Bills need to take away two weapons. I think that they'll be able to do so, and they'll run a similar scheme like they ran against the Rams, uh, more than so against the Titans. So I think you'll see a similar scheme that they ran week one um, and being able to come after them, and they're going to come up a very uh, rush for a heavy uh, unit. And they're going to get after the, the the weak side of the Dolphins line, which they certainly have one And uh, in, in they've been struggling on the right side of the line. So with all that being said, I do believe the bills do go ahead and take, take this, take this away. Um, and we'll see. Uh, I think that that the offense can't be stopped. Really. They're, they only stop themselves, whether it's turnovers or goofy third and fourth and ones, or when they put Zach Moss in the game, uh, one or the other, um, they seem to do, no wrong otherwise. Um, so completely fine with like no more Zach Moss. He can't run the ball. He can't run it in short yardage. He's the same Zach Moss we've seen. Ankle injury, foot injury, same dude we've seen in multiple years. This this preseason hype never amounts to anything. Like I had to get that out there that he's the Don't same be. struggling Don't two be. yards per carry bomb. Someone's um, not happy that he gets carries still. Uh, no, I can't believe he gets a single carry. He just can't run short yard. I don't care. I mean, like even pass. I'll, I'll have him pass catch. Fine. I just Honestly, can't like have third him and one. I know we got to wrap up here, but uh, third and one and like fourth and one is like the scariest thing for me as a Bills fan right now because yeah. I feel like the Bills overthink it and they believe they have to go power um, or finesse or something. You know, to me, if the Bills are in third and one, fourth and one, third and two, just treat it like it's right. second and seven. Like, don't exactly. worry about getting one yard, two yard. Just go and shotgun and let your wideouts get out. No, no team is keeping up with any of these guys. So stop giving them an opportunity by going to power and they did it. They, yeah, they ran a good play to Kumaro. They ran that good play to Kumaro. It, it was, was a good play. Poor Josh throw just jumped it happen. by accident. He just but, jumped it. But the 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 first sequence was that was kind of overthinking things a little bit. Oh, I couldn't agree more, RJ. One of the worst short yardage backs that everyone oh says is good at short yardage. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we got to get out of here. We have the air raid hour right up against us here. So please tune in to the eight o'clock hour from the air raid hour from the Going Deep podcast and the Cover One podcast network. We'll be right at you at our normal time next week, seven o'clock as always on Tuesdays. We'll have some great guests for you next week. So stay tuned to that one. But coming up right on our right on our heels is the air raid hour followed by the, the Cover One film room. So stick around, talk some more bills and... Uh, just uh, stay tuned. We appreciate everybody pulling in here and continue this coverage train only here on the Cover One Podcast Network. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep down field and it's caught inside the Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is called in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.